We're here. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody to this week's edition of the BS Wrestling Report. We have a, a special edition this week. I am Steve. Uh, actually, this week I'm joined by the Executive Vice President of Podcast Relations. Andy, you have anything to say? All I have to say is people power. People fucking power. It is the week of March 25th, 2014. And I just first and foremost want to explain, Brian is absent this week because we are having a new addition to the BSW, BS Wrestling Report family. Brian is having is expecting his first kid to arrive any time now. But don't worry, folks. He'll be right back next week. So, uh, you know, this week we're going to do the same old, same old. We're going to go over the you know most recent episode of Monday Night Raw. You know, we got the countdown of the WWE Network. I believe it was their uh, 10 biggest backstabs. Well, we got their shit list. We'll compi- you know, compare it to our awesome list and go off that. We have our superstars of the week. Of course, we're going to have our old school moment of the week, our internet rumor of the week. We have a couple fan you know, interactions to discuss, and Andy's going to actually try to hit me with a pretty good question of the week. Now, before we get started, uh, i got to take a moment and just take some time to say, hey, Happy birthday to our sponsor, Jesse Lambert of Archangel Photo. You can find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash Archangel Studio and on Twitter at Archangel Photo. Like I said last week, this guy is one, one very, very talented photographer. He, you know, he's done Axis, Cottonmouth Kings, Insane Clown Posse, Twisted Potluck, Tech Nine. You know, he does all the photos at the Gathering of the Juggalo. So go ahead and check out his Facebook and Twitter. Um, now, uh, just remember... Before we get into uh, get into the the show, you can follow Brian on Twitter at Brian Rampa. You can follow me, Steve, at Darn Buffalo fifty five, and you can also follow the prestigious executive vice president of podcast relations, Andy, at a Shad. That's A S C H A A D. And remember, you can also follow the show at BSW Report. So, Andy, what do you think we get into this uh, first part? Part in a recap raw. Yeah, I'm all for it. Let's kick it off, man. All right. So the show opens up first and foremost at Brooklyn, and I couldn't have been any happier because those New York crowds are absolutely phenomenal. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I found I didn't know it was in Brooklyn, and uh, as soon as I saw that come across the screen, uh, I kind of got excited because it made me start to think back to uh, last year's Raw after WrestleMania. So I was hoping for a pretty hot crowd. When uh, that's I believe that's when uh, Ziggler stole the show and cashed in Money in the Bank and made made my day. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I I, I loved it. Well, we went uh, tonight. We had opening the show. We had uh, good old Stephanie McLevec or Helmsley, whichever you prefer, come out the show bashing the Yes movement and saying that uh, Daniel Bryan won't win the uh, win the title. Do you do you believe this, Broad? Uh, you know, I think they're doing a pretty good job building this up. It took them a long time uh, to to get to to this point. Um, and I think they've been doing a a relatively decent job in the last couple weeks since they got the, you know, the whole yes movement and everything. Uh, but as far as whether I think, uh, you know, Brian's gonna, gonna take the title at Mania, uh, I think he is. I think the WWE would be crazy to, to write it any other way. That that is that is a uh, a golden ticket, you know, Willy Wonka reference, or that's the winning Mega Millions ticket right there. That that dude has busted his ass, you know, for, you know, mainly since Cena said he was going to face him at SummerSlam, then Cena went out with the elbow, and it's been all the Daniel Bryan show. And man, that guy, that guy can can really work. But notice, go ahead. 
Well, I was going to say, you know, we're, we're talking about, about Brian and, you know, Steph comes out and does the, you know, the Daniel Bryan's not going to be here and all that jazz and really gets the crowd riled up and everything, um, which I thought was interesting because early on in that promo, I really felt like she wasn't getting through to the crowd. Like she wasn't getting the crowd into the segment at all. You got the yes chance going at first, and then you got some what chance going, good old Steve Austin, what chant going, and then you had some CM Punk chants. Yes. She tried to just she tried to just bulldoze her way through it. Um, you know, which I think <laughs> which I think is what they're trying to do, you know, with the whole CM Punk thing. Um, but once she tied in the Daniel Bryan part, you know, the crowd I think uh, really got into it and just started, you know, going after her with the, you know, heavy booze and so forth. I, I think the executive vice president of podcast relations showed that the crowd there truly exhibited what people power is all about. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Two absolutely. thumbs up for that crowd. But that brings uh, Orton. Orton and uh, Batista came out and uh, good old dave oh fuck that guy um his mic <laughs> yeah i mean his mic kept cutting out it was great well that that was the thing i felt like and you can tell me what your thoughts are on this i thought that the segment started out bad it kind of got a little bit better orton came out and then the crowd was just like i don't want to see orton i don't want to see steph and then batista comes out and his mic goes to shit and at that point, I just it was like watching a car crash. You couldn't look away, but it was awful. I'm not going to lie. When uh, those two started talking, I started to occupy myself with some DDP yoga positions to pass the time. <laughs> you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't blame lie. you a bit. I don't blame you a bit. I don't either because DDP yoga will change your life, folks. Check it out. Uh, the one, my, my one highlight from that is Batista wasn't wearing skinny jeans. <laughs> But he fucking ripped him. <laughs> Could you imagine what would have happened if he was? Oh, I think I think I, I sent out a tweet on the, at BSW Report um, about uh, Batista and his non-skinny jeans ripping. But yeah, if they were actual skinny jeans, oh, it, man, they would have had, had to change that rating. That wouldn't have been a PG rating. No we would have had a we would have had a plain view of backdoor Batista. <laughs> backdoor Batista. That would have um, been unpleasant. You know, in, in just to touch on the segment a little bit sure. more, you know, the actual segment itself, other than, you know, Bautista's uh, <laughs> awful jeans, um, uh. his, wardrobe, his wardrobe malfunction, if you will. Um, you know, the crowd at certain points was even chanting boring during this. I think it was right before Batista came out, but I mean, they were chanting boring. His and, presence didn't help. And no, it didn't. And that's kind of frustrating. It's got to be frustrating if you're, you know, the authority and you're the guys in the back who are, you know, trying to build up to mania and, you know, you've got crowds that aren't interested in what is a main event storyline. There's one thing that will make that crowd interesting. And what is that? Daniel Bryan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, that is the only thing that could have saved that segment. And for him not to be on Raw... Who whoever made that decision needs to be fired. Hey, that I, I was stupid. gonna I was gonna wait to bring it up, but since you brought it up, I'll dive right in. Can you tell me? And I was gonna make I, I even thought about making this my question of the week to you, even though it's not even though it's more serious. My question sure. is, what the hell do you think that the WWE is doing two weeks out of WrestleMania, and you've got 
arguably the biggest name on the roster right now that's not, you know, the Undertaker. You've got the biggest name, and he's not even on Raw two weeks out. And, you know, you can play the whole, oh, well, I'm not medically cleared card, if you want to believe that. (laughs) That doesn't mean you can't go out to the ring and talk on a microphone or do a live via satellite, <laughs> you know, <laughs> kick it, kick it <laughs> 1980s style and, and go via live via satellite. satellite. I mean, come on. Satellite. I, th- I think I'm going to broadcast live via satellite next week. Are you, are you, are you, are you technically broadcasting live via satellite right now since, yes. you know, you're in yes. Tampa and I'm in, I'm here in, in the, the greater Detroit area, the D. I am in. I yes, I am via satellite. I am what they call in the business off-site. There you go. You are remote. I am. I am remote. remote might even podcaster. You might even be broadcasting from where the foreign object is from. I don't see it around. Huh? But that's. I don't that's know. A good Check. Does it say made in Taiwan? Uh, let me grab this. Uh, <laughs> if it does, I'll I'll say it's good enough. Actually, no. This is uh, American-made. Ironically, it's, oh well. Uh, Calvin Johnson. Before we shirt. go off into some tangent, I know. Uh, we, you know, we, we could go down that rabbit hole, but they wrap up this segment by having Batista attack R- RKO's character, Randy Orton's character, and then he insults Steph, which, what did you think about that? Do you think that was pushing the envelope a little too much, or do you think it was just right to just wrap up that segment, or what? Dude, that was, you said it best, it was a car accident, and you couldn't turn away. Like, I... I... I, I paid attention while I was doing some GDP yoga, but uh, making fun of Steph, yeah, because I remember back in the day when Jericho <laughs> and The Rock would just destroy Steph, so it kind of made me, you know, be a little nostalgic and think back to those days. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was nowhere near as quality as uh, Chris and Rock brought it, um, but I thought it, I thought it was appropriate because it brought a, a lot more heat on Batista, what you're trying to do. Yeah, it had a kind of TV 14 slash attitude era feel yep. to it, but yet they didn't get to that line because you know how that you know how that whole segment would have gone if it was the attitude era. It wouldn't have been she's been drooled on a lot. It would have been a little <laughs> bit more <laughs> risque. It would have been. I mean. It would have been. It'll have been Steph. Show your tits. So yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> anyway, it ends uh, with Batista spearing. Orton and holding up the titles and then walking off. Um, God. So where, where, what was, uh, where'd that take us into, uh, you know? I believe it was. Um, that was the four-way, we, would, right? The, the, yes, the, the fatal four-way with yeah. uh, Christian, Sherman, um, Seamus, Albert. for those of you uh, who yes. are unaware, first-time yes, listeners. First-time listeners. I call him Sherman off the dude from uh, American Pie. Uh, the Shermanator, the red-haired dude. Yeah. Anyway, um, with uh, Del Rio and the winner of the Andre the Giant over-the-top rope Memorial Battle Royal. Wow, say that four times real fast. I don't want the to. The show-off, Dolph Ziggler. All right. Now, real quick before we dive into you know talking about this match a little bit more, I'm going to be honest. Anytime a match has ADR or Sheamus in it, I want to poke my eyes out. Yes, me too. And you put them together, and I just, I just flat out give up. I tap. Yes. Yeah. Know, I tap out. I'm done. That's me tapping ADR right there. and Sheamus, I can't, uh, can't I handle can't it. Can't but do. the bright side was because I originally was wasn't paying attention, and uh-huh. I thought this was a tag match. When it turned out to be a four way, I was a little bit more interested. Plus, it had Dolph in it. 
it was a four-way to determine the number one contender for the Intercontinental title. Now, I thought this match was going to be on Mania. So did now, I. There's a bit of an, is me, now, there's a bit of an update. The winner of the match um, was Christian. Dolph, Dolph was over huge, fucking huge. That guy busted his ass once again like he does. But let me, let me finish this. The match is supposed to be tonight on main event on the WWE Network. Shameless plug. Um, but <laughs> you're Christian, welcome, WWE. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> Send royalties to Steve.com. Steve. Um, is that real? I don't, um, but, I don't know. Do you own that? Uh, soon. Um, okay. Christian, the match, he's been pulled. Why? I don't uh, know. What do you fucking get a hangnail that day? Guys, that guy's been injured more than Barry Bonds when he first came off roids. Oh, yeah. Jeez, OP. I, I, Christian, he's just a walking accident. I mean, seriously. Sadly, Somebody, sadly. I know. Somebody must have looked at him the wrong way backstage or something. Um, but what'd you think of this match? I thought the crowd was really into it. The crowd uh, was really into me. The crowd was really into Dolph. Dolph needed to win for the backstory. He sure did. And I mean, you can compare last night's crowd to the crowd at Raw after WrestleMania last they year. Lo- and they, they love, love Ziggler. And I mean, rightfully so. Dude busts his ass. And to me, he had the best move of the match. That uh, finisher at the end or that DDT? No, the face plant off the top right. Oh, yeah. That shit was dope. Like, that oh. warranted a This Is Awesome chant, and it got it. Yes. If I remember correctly. They were at that. And then when that happened, the crowd, if they weren't, whoever wasn't into the match at that point was way into it. Like, I Dude. was paying full attention. Like I was, I was sitting back watching, excited. As soon as Dolph did that, I literally went to the edge of my seat. And I was like, "Holy shit!" I think I woke my wife up when I, <laughs> when I, I said that. Yeah, that was that was spectacular. And then just you know, outside of that, it, it had a series of finishing moves. It had that awesome DDT that you brought up, um, and it just kind of ended with a series of finishers. And Christian, as you mentioned, took the match and was supposed to face. Uh, Biggie, who was at ringside, um, was supposed to face him in that match tonight on main event, which I thought was an interesting choice. But I see what WWE is trying to do, you know, because they they've moved main event to the network. They don't have the cable deal with Eye on Television or whoever anymore, so they're I trying. Think I, I don't so think I get that channel. Be, I, I, that's probably why they didn't renew the deal. <laughs> I get every channel. Yeah, so. You know, it'll be interesting to see how they end up doing it. Do they push it back to next week's main event? Or do they say we're going to make it uh, a a mania match or what? Throw throw Ziggler in that match. I agree. And it sells. If you wanted, I'd I'd put Ziggler in it. I'd have him win the title and then I'd go from there. Figure out something to do with that. But that's that's my own personal opinion. Um, a little bit, uh, we have some off-site texting, uh, Brian, um, is sitting at a, at a hospital with his, uh, with his wife about to have the kid. He just wanted to say, Hey, sorry, he couldn't be here. Um, he says, thank you for the WWE network. Another shameless plug. <laughs> um, he's going to watch mankind beyond, beyond the ring and Brian's superstar of the week. We'll touch that on ours later, but Brian's is Roman Reigns because he spe- speared Ryberg and Brian hates Ryberg. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with him there, but I do have a different superstar of the week, which we'll get to later. Yes. So um, after after that match, when um, Dolph gets screwed, that brings us to the the man of the hour, Bray Wyatt, and he does 
something that I absolutely loved. What was he that? S- he stated that everyone can see John Cena, and <laughs> everybody agreed. I f- agree wholeheartedly. I thought it was a, I thought it was very uh, interesting, and I also found it kind of humorous that that spot, that backstage segment, started out with Bray Wyatt singing, "He's got the whole world in his hands." Yeah, I, you because know, he does. He does. Not he does, Bray. Yes. I think he's talking about Cena. Yeah, John Cena. He does because Cena. I mean, Cena is the number one guy. He has sure. been for what ten years. He is the guy. I'm gonna say this right now: the match I am looking forward to most at Mania. And I'm telling you, it's gonna tear the fucking roof off that Superdome. Is Cena and Wyatt? Anybody who disagrees is either in denial or you're a retard. Well, if those are the options, then I will agree with you because <laughs> I don't think that I'm either of those, and I don't want to be labeled one but i i i'll admit i am actually quite interested in this match and that's saying something because i'm usually not interested in a john cena match because it seems like i'm just watching the same stuff because usually it's john cena against randy orton or john cena Uh. against you know somebody that he's battled you know 15 times in the last 12 months or whatever Mm -hmm. You just hit the nail on the head. We haven't seen it. Exactly. And then, you know, within this segment, which is a kind of prelude to what's going to happen later on in the show, is Luke, Har- Luke Harper actually speaks again. I think this is, what, is the second time that he's actually opened his mouth and said something. It, it kind of weirds me out. I'm not going to lie. He kind of creeps me out. He does, make- but that, it's awesome. I love it. The makeup... The makeup job they do on his teeth, I hope it's a makeup job. <laughs> Spot on. Yeah, it's real good. And then basically the segment wraps up with Bray telling Cena to run. Yes, run. I thought it was a perfect end to the segment. They should have played a little cut from Pink Floyd's Run Like Hell. That would have just fit. <laughs> that would have been, yeah, been interesting. Yeah, you know, just run, run. Look up the song, people. It's, it's one of the best songs ever. So at this point... <laughs> Where do you, what was your assessment of Raw? They went from the, the, the kind of disaster of an opening promo that was kind of com- intriguing, but sort of just a just clusterfuck, for lack of a better term. <laughs> and gonna, uh, then it go goes ahead. into the Fatal 4-Way, and then it goes into the Bray spot. What did you think so far? I'm going to call it the Bray Wyatt Power Hour featuring Dolph Ziggler. Okay. Because the reason why I ask you is because the show comes to Sucked. an absolute screeching halt. Oh, with the next match? With the very next match. Why don't you oh. tell why don't you tell our our dozens and dozens of listeners what exactly that match was? We had um come back from commercial and we see the Scooby Doo mobile. Now I'm okay, you know, I'm okay, Scooby Doo. They got to appease the kids. I was a fan of Scooby-Doo. I think I used to eat Scooby snacks when I was a kid, at least the gummy, the gummy snack form. They are delicious. They got vitamins and minerals. They are, they're awesome. But here's where they lost me. Sin Cara. Oh, good God. I thought he was dead. I, I, I oh, Sin Cara. And the, here's the sad thing about this match. Sandow, oh. Damien friggin' Sandow jobbed to this tool. Not only... Did he like? I I even wrote it down because I was watching this and I'm like, I have to bring this up. Who the hell did he piss off? Who I know. Did he right? piss off backstage or whatever to get put into this match? Not only so this match, but this match with the Scooby Doo thing. And I get the whole we gotta appease to the younger audience and stuff. I'm sick of it. I'm done. Like, 
make up your mind, come up with an identity. They're so like back and forth with certain things throughout the show. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I think the whole Scooby-Doo thing is just ridiculous, but that's my own personal opinion. Well, I mean, I, like I said, I, un I understand the Scooby thing. It's, it's fun for the kids and sure. you know, that, that's, that, that, that's great. But me, if I am in that arena at that time, I'm getting up, walking away, going to see, get a t-shirt or uh, a water. Yeah, or and, use the bathroom or beat my head against the wall. Sure. And here's the thing. This this wasn't just Sin Cara versus Sandow. This was Sin Cara versus Sandow in an act like a legitimate squash match. That match lasted three minutes. And With Sandow the shitty lost. lighting. Yeah. Oh. Am I the only one who hates those damn lights? Oh what's, man. Who else had them? Kane had them? What's the no, like th did Kane wrestle with them on? Back in the that, day, he'd have those those red lights. Oh, I don't. Maybe, maybe I'm you know getting Alzheimer's or something because I don't remember that. The but executive vice way, president that ahead. stopped real quick. It did. The executive vice president of podcast relations has access to the network. Go back and look up Kane. I think he's now you th you thought this match sucked. <laughs> oh, I thought it was terrible, and I okay. was I was actually crossing my fingers that Scooby Doo would interfere in the match and drop Sin Cara. <laughs> It, it, it turned out awesome. to be like Edge. At that, at that point, I would have stood up in standing ovation and been like, yeah, more Scooby-Doo. Let's do this. Uh, I would have yeah, got on board with Scooby-Doo at that point. Who drove the car? Oh, hell if I know. The mystery <laughs> machine. Was it Cheech or Chong? I don't know. I heard they, 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 they're uh, out looking for something to do. Maybe it was Norman Smiley. I don't know. I have no idea. So the, when you think it couldn't get any worse, that brings us to the next match. Oh, shit. Uh, I can't. I, I can't say their names. Los Matadores versus Rybaxel. Rybaxel. This match lost me. One thing brought me back. The Shield. Oh my God! That dude when Roman Reigns. This is Brian's moment for Superstar of the Week. When Roman Reigns speared Ryberg. Holy shit! I felt that spear. Yeah, it was. That was pretty awesome. And I'm with you. I was just. After they after they followed up the Bray segment with uh, the Sin Cara match, and then I saw this was coming, I was like, wow. If you didn't think it was slow enough, you had to throw this in there. And luckily, this match ended in about a minute and a half with the shield coming and distracting Rybaxel and then the El Los Matadores, the fighting Tito Santana's. Um, picking up the victory off the distraction. So, um, where the fuck were the Usos? I don't. That's a great question. I mean, again, you're two weeks out of Mania, and you don't. You're not pushing. You know, your champions. You're not pushing this, that, and whatever. And it's it's. I feel like there's some kind of like identity crisis going on. Am I am I alone in that thought or or oh, what? Those boys are over. Uh, hey, and it I was skeptical, and they proved me wrong. I'm eating a big bowl of shut the hell up over here. Shut it stew. Yeah, pretty much. Shutty stew. So, so that uh, pretty uh, much uh, ended hour number one. Thankfully. Yeah. Then we get into the second hour, which started out with Cole in the ring to have his sit-down with Triple H. Good, good salesmanship by uh, Triple H. Oh, I loved so. this segment. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was absolutely Tri awesome. Yeah, Trips, um, Hunter is people. I mean, I say Cena's the top dog 
and and Hunter is right there with him. He, that guy can still he's he's basically proven he's the big swinging dick still. Yeah, and I have something that I'll bring up later when we get into your um, rumor of the week, um, but it has to do with Triple H, and so I'll touch on that a little bit later. But I, I what I really loved about the segment is there was just this feeling of like complete honesty to it yes with triple h pointing out how um you know he has to be viewed as two different people you know you're gonna complain that he attacks daniel bryan but yet you're clamoring for him to accept this match so you've got superstar triple h versus coo triple h yeah he's he i mean his his character because both of them are characters he it's a very thin line he walks but he walks it ever so perfectly he's he no i don't think anybody else you know it's you know steph was banging someone else could 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 walk the line as well as as hunter's doing it right now yeah he's doing i think he's doing a much better job um i also liked how he um you know stated that he thought that the wwe universe and daniel bryan were confused because they got what they want, and then they complain because he goes all Triple H, you know, the game superstar, and uh, you know, basically says, you know, you want to get in, a, you want to accept a match, then we're gonna throw down. Let's do this. I'm gonna treat you like you know, I treated every other guy. You know, you don't don't threaten to box with God, then back down, basically. Sure. Yeah. And you know, he even went as far as to call the WWE universe soft. Which you I, know, I thought was very interesting. That family has a thing of fucking with me because I remember years ago Vince fired all of us. That's true. He, he, he fired all of us. I never. I'm still waiting for my unemployment check. <laughs> and, and then Steph Steph calls us idiots, and now Triple H calls us soft. Now, here's I'm the not one soft. Thing. I'm fluffy. <laughs> well, here's the one thing I'll say. At least they're remaining consistent. Yes, yes, yes. I they, will say they, that. Like, if that's what their goal is, is to go out there and fully put themselves over as this evil empire kind of group being the authority and stuff, they're, they're spot, they're hitting the nail on the head, you know, calling the WWE universe soft and, uh, you know, firing us or what have you. And I just thought, I, I, like I said, I thought it was very, uh, very interesting. I thought it was nice how we tied in the whole social media aspect of it. You know, WWE pushes, all their social media stuff, and then fans interact and they complain about this, that, whatever, tweet their displeasures, as Triple H says. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then they get pissed when something happens or doesn't happen, so. I I have a displeasure to tweet about that is soft and stupid. Oh, do you now? The next fucking match. (laughs) Cody Rhodes versus Fandango. Those two, those two You're saying it wrong. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. It's... Fandango. First, Cody Rhodes. There you go. Um, those those two dudes, they can, they would, they, those two dudes would have one hell of a match if they got the chance. But no, would they have what a five minute match that I don't even remember how it ended. Uh, it ended with, and I'm sad to say that I wrote this down, uh, yeah. but it gave me an opportunity to write Gold Easy, which I thought was fun. <laughs> Cody gets the victory after there's a little dance battle between Goldeasy and Summer Rae, and then Summer Rae falls down and hurts herself, and uh, Cody Cody gets the victory because Fandango um, do, get, get, roll, gets distracted. What did Cody roll him up? I think so, something like that. 
Next segment. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> that brings brings us on to Hogan and his boa. Or coming as, out. as I'm referring to it as how many geriatric guys can we get into a ring segment? Yes. That's Hogan, what I'm referring to it as. Hogan and his boa introduces uh, the dude from True Blood that plays Al Seed. I'm going to call him Joe because his name is Joe. I, don't know, so I can't yeah, say his last I, name. I wrote down. Outcome Arnold and some dude. So yeah, well, you know, we're yeah, in lockstep. Yeah, he's a, he's a dude, Al Seed from True Blood and Arnold. And then um I, I remember I believe I posed a question on the Twitter at BSW Report. Who has a worse hairline, Arnold Schwarzenegger or LeBron James? And J D Z at J A Y D E D E Y E Z said, Arnold fought the Predator and the Terminator. What is LeBron's excuse? I thought that was a great comment. I think it is a great comment. I think LeBron's excuse is just bad bad genes. I think uh, that LeBron has the worst hairline because at least Arnold is, you know, 50-plus or whatever, how old he is, I'm not sure. LeBron's what? 28. 20-something. So homeboy's, homeboy's hairline is messed up. But I pose a similar question. Who has the bigger forehead, Arnold or Hogan? Hogan's got like a nine head. He does. Because his his head forehead. It's like, yeah, it's a full on landing strip. Like like his he like his hairline it isn't excreting; it's running away from his face. <laughs> it sure is. So uh, I'm gonna go with Hogan on that. What about you? Hogan. Hogan. Okay, that wasn't my so question I- of the week, by the way. I don't know what they're talking about, but the knight in shining armor, the Miz came out and at Alan Poulin, A L L E N P O U L I N, asked a great question because the promo the Miz cut in this segment. He asked, "Is turning the Miz heel a good move?" Absolutely is. I I uh, I have no choice but to agree. The Miz as a heel is fantastic. Money on the mic. He's do, he's good in the ring. He he draws heat. So quick, so quick, so well. Yeah, and the thing with WWE that frustrates me is they have so few guys, at least I feel, that have really good mic skills. Yes. You know, and if you if you got a guy that has them, you got to try to make that a uh, an asset for you. You got to utilize it as best you can, and I don't think they're doing that. Um, not only with the Miz, but with other guys too. But correct. But the Miz came out and cut a promo saying these guys are old, and then that Alcee dude punches Miz in the gut, and then Hogan tries to throw him over the top rope. Yeah, and I th- he throws him over, and the 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 one item that I found most interesting was at the end, um, kind of the wrap up to the segment was when JBL said, "There goes the real world." <laughs> Which I I don't know if that was like uh just a unintentional jab or fully orchestrated on his part um as a jab at the Miz's past. For those of you who don't know, he was on the Real World New York. I think it was season ten or something like that. You've um, seen it once or twice? Uh, I once or twice, <laughs> like twenty years ago, it seems. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I just found that funny. But that that pretty much racked up that segment, which. You know, was just another one of those things, in my opinion, that was trying to push the battle royal. Um, with uh, you know that they're doing at Mania, isn't yeah. that, that going to be on the pre-show? Is that what I? It will. 
be on the pre-show. Well, I guess that's better than an intercontinental title match being on the pre-show to WrestleMania. Yes, that or like Big Show versus Titus O'Neil. Next match on the pre-show. All I got out of the Titus O'Neil Big Show match was a lot of CM Punk chants. Did I miss anything there? Or uh, we where was Pancake Patterson? He was supposed to be flattening some fools. I don't know. That would have been awesome. That would have oh, been a pancake. large pancake to flatten. Oh, I agree. Then that brings us to what? Triple H and the Shield backstage. Uh, yeah, backstage with the Authority and the Shield. And Trip says the Shield will face the real Americans. Yeah, and when that happened, I was I was excited. Um, Me too. Because I think the real Americans. Uh, kind of have carved themselves out a nice little spot. Um, spot! Spot! Um, you know, and the Shield have been putting on great matches going oh back to uh, Elimination Chamber yeah. oh. last year, you know. So yeah. I was excited for that. Cesaro has really been climbing up the ladder of guys that I like, and, you know, so I was happy to see that they put that match together. When you say guys that you like, do you mean it's guys you want to, like, make out with? Uh, yeah, sure. Come All right, on. Cesaro is on the list. Come on, dude. People power. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I was looking at your list. Oh, 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 wait. Hey, you're not supposed to tell anybody. <clears throat> well, I just told the dozens. Yeah, and shit. And yeah. shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, was a fa- that was a fail. Speaking that was. Speaking of fails. I, <laughs> I took a swig of water because my, my, my throat is dry. Well, let's, tr- let's try it again. I just told the dozens. And dozens. Of listeners about your list. Yes, about um, my list. So that takes us to another quick backstage segment uh, with Cena in the bathroom. I don't know why there are cameras in the bathroom with Cena. Dude, was he like rubbing one out that look in the mirror? I don't know. But this <laughs> would have been real. this would have been a perfect opportunity for, for me to really not be able to see Cena because I don't want to see him in the bathroom. Yeah, that yeah, um, we can't see you in the bathroom, John. But he looked super uh, nervous. You can like tell said, he's he, all freaking out about the Wyatts. It's that face you get when you get caught rubbing one out. <laughs> um, we are not. We're not PG. We are not. No, I think we've already said fucking shit and some other stuff in this uh, podcast here tonight. Um, Just clarify. You know, but I'm the executive vice president of podcast relations, so I'm going to allow that. Boom. People power. People demanded it. They want profanity. They want they want they want that that line that that line pushed. They want it crossed. And so, here at the BS Wrestling Report, we cross it. Yeah. So then we move into um, I think we come back from commercial break. Cena's done taking a taking a deuce, and uh, we move into Cena versus Luke Harper. Awesome match. I Solid. was very excited for this. I was too. I and. Um, this is it was solid. I got a good statement. I want to say about the end of the match, but dude, that match, those boys, they work, they work really, really well together. I think it seems like Harper can work with anybody, and Cena lately has really stepped his freaking game up. I think he has, and I think it's, I think it's partly because he wants. He's not just trying to get Bray over. He's trying to get all of the all, Wyatts over. All the, of them. I over. think that the Wyatts, um, all you know, the other two other than Bray, are. Very good in the ring. Yes, like yes, that match they're... that they had back at Elimination Chamber showed me something. It wasn't just the Shield that made that match. The no. Wyatts were spectacular, including Dude. Um, Rowan and Harper. I thought that they were fantastic. 
I could watch that Shield match, even the one they had what two weeks later on Raw. I could watch either of them any day of the week, twice on Sunday. They, 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 those matches were extremely entertaining, kind of like this one was to me. I did normally when I have a Cena match on Raw, I kind of you know squash match five moves of doom. You can't see me done, but this yeah. match, dude, it had something going because at the end they had you know uh, when the lights went out and the you know the little sheet mask came on the screen. Yeah. We, we we show we show Cena tied up in the ropes wearing the sheet mask and it looks like Bray Wyatt's like smelling his hair to figure out what kind of shampoo he uses. <laughs> I thought that I, I thought the ending of that match, even though I'm not the biggest fan of of having matches that end, you know, like that, with just like this yeah. nonsense end. I thought that was really good. I thought that was a, a good ending for something that is two weeks out from WrestleMania. They're continuing to build on the storyline, they're continuing to build on how um, you know Cena is fearful of the Wyatts, and the Wyatts are you know this unstoppable group, pretty much, um, that are able to to tear Cena down from this level that he is so used to being at. Yep, and like I said, Cena's got to put over Bray. He's got to. Yeah, I, there was a couple of items in this match that I thought were funny. And then one that I thought was just an awesome part is actual part of the match. <laughs> first, there was a Let's Go Harper chant, which I think might be a first. Yes. Um, then there was JBL's comment. JBL said, I don't think Harper even has a plan. He just does stuff, which I found, <laughs> I found hilarious. I don't know why I found it so funny, but it was. Like, Harper was all over the place in that match, but it worked. Like, it was really good. Yes. And then there was, right before the lights went out, this, like, JBL-style clothesline from hell that Cena oh. put on Harper, which yeah. was just awesome. I loved thought it. He, thought he ripped his friggin' head off. Yeah. It was real good. So, uh... That, so, but yeah, that match uh, it had me hooked. Yes, and it ended with a "This is awesome" chant, which yes, it was, was a good sign. So, didn't we have a divas match next? Yeah, we moved into the third hour, and normally, I well, I shouldn't say normally because this actually did happen. Uh, I just kind of yawn and like go do something else. But I did have two quick <laughs> comments. Number one, AJ was in this match. She's the future mother of my children, so you know I can't hate on that. And the other one is, why is Naomi dressed up like Paul Stanley from Kiss? <laughs> I understand she's got some, like, orbital bone fracture in her eye. But, she I mean, does? yeah, that's what they keep saying. That's why she's I wearing, she that, trying, that's why I, I she's wearing she's trying, that patch. I thought she was trying to be a pirate. Last week's looked like a pirate with, like, pizzazz. And, yes, I just used the word pizzazz. But this week looked like a star, and she literally looked like she was Paul Stanley from Kiss. And you know what I, I'm just curious. You know what I took out of this match? You know what I took out of this match? That the Bella Twins. Oh, there you go. Yeah, at least there was that. That them and every other damn diva is apparently making the WrestleMania card. Think, um, do you think that all the superstars got like super pissed and decided to like boycott or something because? When you think about it, with the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, that's a, a, a an easy way to get thirty people on the WrestleMania card without on having to do individual. It's still it's you're fighting at WrestleMania on the big stage in front of eighty thousand yeah. people, and then doing well, the same thing the with Reno the Divas almost. 
Yeah, the Divas will be on Mania. Um, well, the they Battle Royale. Didn't they get, was it last year that they got cut? Yeah, uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, and they it was, put that it was on a, the, the Total Divas show. Yeah, I watch it. Did. I know you do. You love I, it. I, I, my wife loves Total. My wife loves Total Divas. Izzy the Super Pooch, sitting here <laughs> staring at me, loves Total Divas. You know what else Izzy loves? I, I don't. You, I don't know. Please enlighten I'll, me. I'll tell you what Izzy the Super Pooch loves. She loves the fact that we here at the BS Wrestling Report know our shit. And that the WWE confirmed a rumor that we talked about last week, and that the bad guy is going in the Hall of Fame. That real quick, that was an awesome segue. Well done, sir. Executive that, you know, Vice President of Podcast Relations loved that. You know, is he the super pooch? Gives me motivation to live on each day. <laughs> so yeah, so Razor Ramon, the next, and I, I'm gonna assume the final. Inductee yes. for this year's Hall of Fame class. He is the final. Um, speaking, of, there's another rumor that was confirmed last week. Brian and I were debating who's going to induct Lita. Mm-hmm. He thought it would be Edge. It is confirmed. It will be Trish, who I said should do it. That is interesting. I'm surprised. Trish the Dish. Trish the Dish. She won't be pregnant this year. And then the Click will be. In, I hope. Uh, well, we, we 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 didn't get a chance to. So no. Um, the <laughs> Click will be. Indu- I see what you did there. Is your wife yeah, listening yeah, like to that? that? Uh, not yet. Um, <laughs> the the click will be inducting uh, Mr. Mr. Ramon, not Scott Hall. Razor. Yeah, Razor Ramon. Oh, all so, right. Just wanted to point and, that out. And our, you know, our, our buddies over at uh, at the Wrestle Zone uh, posted an interesting comment, uh, which I actually had the same comment, um, and that is Razor Ramon's character was only in WWE for, what, four years, five years, 92 to 96, I believe. Give or take, yeah. And he wasn't the, uh, he didn't hold the world championship. He wasn't WWF champion, WWE champion, whatever. And that seems like a really short period of time. And I understand he was NWO and all that stuff, but does it seem weird to you? I think, um... Razor deserved the strap, deserved the world title. He's actually on my list of top guys who who never got the strap. And I'm glad I'm glad you brought up WrestleZone. I have some news. Oh, do you? Please share with the dozens and dozens of listeners that we have what your awesome news is. Our our show on April 8th, the show after WrestleMania, we're going to have a two-part show. We're going to do one part about WrestleMania, and then the second part will be our normal show that we do weekly. We'll talk about Raw, our countdown, and stuff like that. But we won't be doing it alone. We have a guest. And it's not me. And it it is not the executive vice president of podcast relations. He will be uh, commanding his duties as one of the writers of the show. That's true. This is uh, the uh, WrestleZone.com social media ambassador. You Mm -hmm. can find him on Twitter. At Eddie Michaels Jr. His name will show up as Bad News Beaver. That's probably the coolest name I've ever heard in my entire life. He will be on the show with us for both segments. Exclusive to the BS Wrestling Report. Eddie Michaels Jr. Oh, it's gonna Gotta be, love it. It's going to be good, folks. But before that, my phone has been busy for the last week. And then Brian and I... Next week, Wednesday, we will be sitting down 
and talking with a possible future Hall of Famer, one person that never got his due in the WWE. They didn't never gave him a strap or anything with good old Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I will be broadcasting live from Casa de Beefcake, sitting there talking with the man himself. We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame, his run with the Honky Tonk Man, his run with Outlaw Ron Bass, the Zodiac, the Booty Man, his relationship with Hogan. You name it, we will sit there and talk with good old Brutai himself next week. Oh, I look forward to that very, very much. Me so, too. So I, I totally, I, I'm, I'm totally on board with you. I think Ramon, uh, Razor Ramon, totally deserved, uh, you know, to hold the WWF Championship, WWE Championship, whatever. Um, you know, and I, th- I also thought it was, you know, interesting when he went over to WCW. He never got pushed for that really either. Um, you know, and I guess it's kind of hard when you got Kevin Nash and you got Hogan in the same faction as you, but. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to me to see a guy like Ramon who spent such little time in in the WWE and uh-huh. to be uh, you know put into the to the Hall of Fame. But you know, I, I, I'm not discounting it in any in any way, shape, or form. I think it's a great choice. I just I just was curious what your thoughts were because um, I found I it just, interesting. I, I I thought Scott Hall deserved this this razor deserved the strap. And I also think our next match deserves a little bit of recognition. The Shield, Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins versus the Real Americans. This gets my holy shit moment of the week when Seth Rollins did that flip over the rope onto, what was it, Swagger and landed on his fucking feet. Dude, that thing was insane. That was fantastic. And it, it was at that that moment, and I don't know why I haven't, because, you know, this isn't the first time that Rollins has done stuff like this. It was at that moment I'm like, why isn't Seth Rollins competing for the Intercontinental Championship? He will soon. I know, but like, it should be already like Ambrose has got the U.S. title, and granted, he never defends it, and there's really not any yeah. substance to that title anymore. Um, you know, and and from last week's show, you know, the question was, should they, you know, unify those two titles? I don't know uh, if I'm in agreement with those who believe that they should. I, I actually like that they're separated. I just wish that they would, you know, put some more emphasis on them when you've got shows like Main Event and whatever yep. that you're going to try to put on the network. You know, you can utilize them uh, a little bit better to try to, to make, uh, you know, them more appealing to, you know, to, to, the, to, the, to the universe. But, um you know, I think that Rollins would be fantastic running for the IC belt. You could keep Ambrose doing the U.S. title, and then you know you can put Reigns, who I think, and you might you probably agree with this, is the strongest of the three in terms of its his you know his upside as as a main eventer, and you could I... you could throw him into that picture while maintaining the yes. the whole idea of the shield and you can go old school faction old school stable where you've got you know all the members holding a title and it doesn't have to be two of the three holding tag belts evolution um sure i think um in a few years people are going to want rollins to be in the world title picture and i don't think he will be sadfully but he is the closest thing to rvd i've seen since rvd He's he's good, and and if I'm being honest, I thought he was going to be, um, you know, kind of the, 
the weakest of the three. You know, no offense <laughs> to him or anything, but when the shield came out, you had Ambrose, who was the dude on the mic. Yes. You know, he was he was the face of the shield essentially, and then you just had Rom- you had uh, Roman Reigns, who was just this this beast of a guy. Believe um, in the shield. Know, yeah, he was the <laughs> just the muscle and everything that was dark about the shield, yes. and then you, and then you had Rollins, who was just kind of there. You know. Yeah, skunk hair. Yeah, but uh, you know they did a great job. Uh, they've done a great job with that, I think. But you know, you get the 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 insane flip over the top. You had the Cesaro swing on Ambrose for like a twenty count in this yep. match, um, and then you get uh, <sighs> Rollins pinning Swagger. Then you get the Superman punch and the spear. Yeah, this, I thought the spear was fantastic. It was real good. Plus, Roman got a chance to bat his blue eyes. I noticed they focused in on what the camera is. <laughs> he's yeah, looking at it. They, they, got, they got his blue eyes. that make your heart skip a beat? Uh, actually, about seven. Oh, well. So what, what did they? Me. What did they force feed us after that? Well, bef- they wrapped up this match with uh, the announce table being destroyed, and then Kane comes out with, uh, are we calling oh, them the, the corporate uh, outlaws now? Yeah. Is that what we should call them? We got, you sure. know. You know, the senior citizens of America coming out in their, you know, suits that they're probably going to wear in their caskets. And <laughs> they're announcing that they're doing a six-man match at Mania, which... Uh, Sucks. I, I, see, I, I, don't, I probably don't hate it as much as you. I'm okay with it. Um, but mm, I'm not in love with it. I'll put it that way. No, the Shield, the shield deserved better. Oh, that's, that's, if, that's all. If you want to make that argument, sure, absolutely. All then that brings us to uh, Lesnar and Heyman in the ring. Yes, sir. The final segment of the evening. The final segment of the evening. Lesnar and Heyman in the ring, and uh, dude, they need to keep that microphone out of Brock Lesnar's hand. <laughs> his first of all, his vo- the sound of his voice doesn't match his physique. At Not all. at all. Like if I talked to Brock Lesnar on the phone and I'd never seen him before, I'd think this guy's a little little punk. You think you're talking you to Spike Dudley? You, yeah, then you see him and you realize, holy shit, this guy's bench presses Buicks. Absolutely. I'd be like, I won't judge a book by its cover ever again. But when they brought the druids out with the casket, I I I, mean, I just fucking knew that Taker was underneath and he's oh, gonna pop up with the casket. Yeah, I mean, I you fuck. had to. The only other Taker... option would have been if, uh, you know, Lesnar goes and opens the casket and he's peering over it and all of a sudden Taker runs in and shoves him into it Well, you know, with his back turned to him or something. Those were really the only options that ran through my head. Yeah, once once Lesnar didn't destroy it, I, 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 I could see the writing on the wall. Yeah. But That's all. I thought that Lesnar did a nice job, you know, looking totally freaked out. And then, yeah. You know, when... Uh, the take when Taker opened the casket back up and he was laying inside of it, you know, Lesnar looked like he just shit himself. He um, did. He did. He did play it very, very well. I will give I him that. that was, I thought that was good. And then you get the, the closed line out of the ring. And, you know, that's pretty much the, the end of the segment. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting in this was how ridiculously quiet the crowd was during the whole, like, Druid segment like when they were bringing the thing down, like you could literally hear a pin drop and there were 16,000 people in that arena. They, yeah, they, uh, they sold that pretty good. They, the crowd was hooked like they were on heroin. Uh, yeah, they were, they were really bought in. Um, 
but I thought it was a a pretty good end ending to to Raw. Um, you know, this time of the uh, of the year and the lead and the road to WrestleMania, you kind of expect either Taker to close Raw or you expect um, you know main event Daniel yeah. Bryan and them guys to to close it out. But they went with Taker, which I thought was was fine. Um, now, um, I, I agree. Now, before we get into the countdown, I want to give my superstar of the week. Sure. Not all. I'll throw mine out on the table. Seth Rollins. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't hate it. It's not mine, but I can definitely see why you went with, it. I almost went with I, it because that flip was insane. I think I can guess yours. Go ahead. Alicia Fox. <laughs> no, but <laughs> close second. I will, th- Mil- I will give you that close uh, second. Justin Roberts. Uh, no. He was a distant 87th. (laughs) Okay. Um, My superstar of the week is Triple H. I know he didn't wrestle, but I just thought that the segment that he did with Cole was really good. I thought it was real. I thought it was uh, interesting how there were parts of it where, you remember from the CM Punk pipe bomb from years back? Yes. When he talks about, oh, don't break the fourth wall and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Hi, Cole Cabana. Yeah. You you had certain elements like that in what Triple H was saying because he was talking about Twitter. He was talking about, you know, uh, the the tweeting of displeasure and thing like, things yes. like that. So yes. I, just thought, I thought yes. it was really good. And then the whole reality era thing, which we didn't talk about, I thought was, <laughs> I thought was awesome. I the reality great, is I'm not going to talk about it. I thought it was a great way to put it. I just I, um, I thought it was well done. I I I mean the reality era thing was cool, but that's too much of a play out the attitude era. And they never well, I don't remember them ever labeling, hey, we're in the attitude era. It just fucking happened. Stone Cold Steve Austin made the attitude era. Triple that's H. True. Uh, that's true. That I mean I think you know Triple H promo of the week goes to him, but as far as Emran physicality, it it's going to Seth Rollins. To each it's their his, own. It's make. a se- it's a second prestigious win of Superstar of the Week here on the BS Wrestling Report. So I guess that'll bring us into our, our weekly countdown. Now, yes. um, Andy, the, Andy, if you two some executive vice president of podcast relations and give us this shit list the WWE came up with, the top 10 biggest backstabs, read me their shit so I can give you the real list. All right, so here's the WWE's list. Now, at number 10, we had uh, Chris Jericho turns on Christian and then... Uh, Trish turns on Jericho. It's this whole $1 Canadian bet uh, thing where they were trying to figure out, they, they bet who could sleep with Trish or Lita first and blah, 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 and Trish finds out about it um, and turns the tables. At number nine, you have Owen Hart turning on Bret Hart um, by kicking his leg, his, uh, right, his leg right out. Kicking his leg oh, out from underneath. Yeah. Um, so you had that. Uh, number eight, you had Andre uh, turning on Hogan prior to WrestleMania three. Uh, at uh, number seven, we have Sergeant Slaughter uh, turning his back on the good old U.S. of A. Uh, during the Gulf War, that whole that whole thing. Uh, at number six, we had Evolution turning on Randy Orton uh, after Orton wins a title, and Evolution basically just says we don't like you anymore, and they Batista bomb him or whatever. Um, yeah. At five, we have Paul Bear turns on The Undertaker. Uh, number four, Matt Hardy turns on Jeff Hardy. Uh, mm-hmm. At number three, uh, I believe they had uh, 
was it Hogan goes NWO at that moment at that point? Uh, um, yes, I believe so. And then at two, uh, they had the Montreal Screw Job. Uh, and then at number one, uh, Rockers split up. All right, Michael, that is Michael turns on Janetti. Exactly. That is ah on the barber shop in which my interview with good old Brudi next week. I will be sure to talk about that spot. Yeah, so let's. Uh, why don't you start us off running down uh, a right. list that, that that we came up with? The real, the real list, the people's, yeah. the people's Pe- list. People power. All right, number ten. I stayed. I went with Owen turning on Brett at the Royal Rumble when Owen said he kicked his leg right out underneath his leg. Go back on the network, watch that rumble. I think it was, what, 92, 93, 94? What is in the 90s, all right, people? It's yeah. in the fucking 90s. <laughs> Early um, 90s. But Owen and Brett, because Brett, I'm not fighting my brother, I'm not fighting my brother, I'm not fighting my brother, and finally he pushed Brett too far, and they they finally had this match. But I just thought as far as a backstab go, Owen turning on Brett was perfect because we've never seen brothers, like real brothers, um, in, a, in, a, in a match ever. Yeah, I thought I thought it was good. I thought you know, slotting it at ten was okay. I wouldn't have been. I wasn't upset that WWE had the list at at it listed at nine, but you know, I think it. I think it deserves to be in the top ten for sure. Okay. Um, then number nine. Yeah, going into number nine, um, we kind of we threw one in that wasn't on WWE's list because as Steve's mentioned, their list is crap, and that is uh, the corporate champ. When The Rock turns on the people. The people's yes. champ turns on the people and becomes the corporate champ. I did not turn. I, I, Rock, didn't, Rock didn't turn his back on me. I was corporate as well. Yeah, you were you, you were loving The Rock when he did that. I actually, I, th- I, I thought it was cool when he turned. Because, um, I mean, you really weren't going to get anybody else to turn that would have uh, okay. worked well in that situation. Except for Gilbert. Mm, well, yeah. That's a good point, but they didn't go with him, so we went with The Rock, the corporate champ, turning on yes. people. And then what do we have num- at number eight there, Steve? Um, we had Evolution turning on Randy Orton the night after he won the World Heavyweight Championship from Chris Benoit at SummerSlam. I, I marked out real bad when Orton won that title. And then um, if you look back to the countdown on the network, when um, Batista has Orton on his shoulders on that Raw and Triple H does a thumbs down. You can see Orton go, fuck me. And then boom, <laughs> they, 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 they drop him. So I thought that was pretty pivotal. And not not to, um, you know, pad Triple H's career, it made Randy Orton. Yeah, I think you're right. But I thought that I thought that WWE had that too high. Oh yeah, I thought it was way too high, especially when you when you think about other other, um, you know, backstabs. And as we move along in the list. Um, it seems to make more and more sense as to why we dropped it down to number eight. Yes. Um, but moving into number seven, another one, another one that's not on WWE's list, Triple H turning on HBK. When he smashed, uh, when Hunter smashed Sean's face, quote unquote, smashed his face into the car window. Then they had that no holds barred match at uh, SummerSlam where Sean came out in like cowboy boots, a wife beater, and some jeans. Yeah, something like that. I just his- I, he gets. It turn he turns on he hits a pedigree in the middle of the ring and then you know then they just go from there. I thought they could have made so much more of that, but they only had that one match, and I thought it could have. I mean, yeah, it could have drug out like Orton and Cena, 
I mean, I'm glad it didn't, but I'm I, I kind of wish it did because they those two dudes could have done something pretty spectacular, like number six on our list. Yes, number six. Why don't you go ahead and bring that one to the table? Because I I I really love this one. The youngsters will need to go out there and look this up. Uh, the Mega Powers, Randy Macho Ooh, the Man. the Mega Powers? Sa- Randy Ma. <laughs> Randy Macho Man Savage and Hulk Hogan um, at WrestleMania 4, Randy Savage became the first undisputed champion. You people can argue me, argue with me on that. No, go back. When they when Randy Savage beats DiBiase in that tournament, they announce the winner and undisputed. So he won it before Jericho. No offense, well, there, Chris Jericho. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I really felt like this one needed to be on the list, and I thought it needed to be... Uh, you know, slotted higher up because you're talking about two guys that are like two of the most well-known names in WWE ever, and they were paired together, and not a lot of people remember that. And I think that that's evident by the fact that he didn't make they didn't make the list. Like it just it's it, pretty it, sad. It's it mind it's mind-boggling to me, but um. I thought that them breaking up was huge because then you had these two just big names and you had one of them turning heel and you knew it wasn't going to be Hogan. Yes. And, and it, it was, was savage and he did a wonderful he, job. He did a wonderful job. They tied in the whole Elizabeth thing and it was just, it, it was almost like one of those storylines that seemed like it was a, should have been something that could have, would would have been done maybe 10 years after. It was very yes. like soap opera like yes. in a sense. But it was done so well. Um, So I thought that that was a perfect spot for that. And then we move into number five. This is one that um, WWE had on their list. They had it a little lower. And that was Sergeant Slaughter turning on the USA. Want to know a fun fact about this? I absolutely do. WrestleMania 7 was originally supposed to be at the L.A. Coliseum, an outdoor venue. It was inside. And I'll tell you why. Because they feared people were literally going to shoot Sergeant Slaughter. Hmm. They that thought he was literally. Fact. They thought he was going to die because we were right in the middle of the Gulf War. Yeah, and that—that's a perfect uh, comment into why I felt like this needed to be higher. Because you're talking about a storyline that is done straight from the headlines. Oh yeah. Like, you're bringing in the real-world stuff, and you're putting it, you know, into into a, a wrestling storyline. Yes. And I I thought it was, it, it was very risky, but, again, extremely well done. And you got to credit Slaughter for, for that. And, and Dude, that guy's got a pair. He does. And, I mean, <laughs> that's rough considering, like, what his character was basically leading up to that. Um, you know, that was, that was, that was his character. I mean, he had some other things here and there, but that was, that was his identifiable character, you know? Um, so I thought, I thought, I thought that that needed to be higher. And I'm glad that we decided to throw it at number five. So what that takes us into number four, what's sticking, sticking with the Hulkster. Um, let's see the shit list. They had it at what? Number eight. We have it at number four, Andre, the giant turning on Hulk Hogan. Andre was undefeated. Yes, and for those of you who think that Andre turning on Hogan isn't a big deal and you think that it should stay down at number eight, uh, I encourage you, if you haven't, or 
I'm going to assume that you haven't, if you believe that, to watch the WrestleMania Rewind of WrestleMania 3 that kind of talks about, you know, the the lead up to that whole kind of uh, idea to, to have him turn and everything. And because Andre is basically like saying, I'm passing the torch, this is my last hurrah, I got, yep. this is how I'm going to do it, it made perfect sense. I yep. thought it was one of those turns that you don't expect because Andre the Giant was, for lack of a better term, the a gentle giant. He, you know, he wasn't. Loved. There wasn't like a, a bad bone in the dude's body and then all of a sudden he turns heel and you're like, what? Yeah, yeah, your hero went bad, and uh, um, man, Hogan. They there will never be a wrestling match ever bigger no, and it than what pushed, they had. So. It it took Hogan and brought him all the way up, and then he ran with it from there. He did, and now we're gonna run with this right into number three. Yes, and I'm gonna preface this. And I'm gonna let you announce it, but I'm gonna preface this by saying this is very this these next three very controversial order can be interpreted very controversial. Yes. We so why don't you up... kick it off? All right. Well, kick. All right. We're going to go <laughs> with uh, with the Rockers splitting up, but I want to make a point. Okay. On the barbershop, when Brudai asked Sean and Marty if there was an issue, they said no, and Sean kind of turned his back. And here we get Bobby the Brain and his <laughs> infinite wisdom I know saying, where you're going with this. See. They are really friends, and then Michael hits friends. Janetti. Michael hits Janetti that super kick, and Heenan immediately goes, "I knew he was going to do that. He doesn't need Janetti." <laughs> and then it, it gets even better. Michaels picks up Janetti and throws him through the window, and Bobby the Brain, this guy is the best. He said, "Janetti tried to escape by jumping through the window." <laughs> oh man! In, in all honesty. You could put it at number one just for that commentary. Yeah. Just for that commentary. Because Bobby the Brain Heenan was just amazing with those quips. But, you know, I, I can totally see why the WWE list would have it at number one. If you're asking me, you've got a, a backstabber, uh, you know, a, a, a turn here that is really the first of big turns. You know, you had Hogan and Andre, you had uh, the mega powers, you had um, you know, the slaughter thing going on right around the same time, but you had this split up and it basically altered the the track for both of those guys. It made Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels was born. Yep, and Janetti, well, you know, God he... love him, didn't get that same push. No, I you think know. he's uh, chilling on Facebook with his Midnight Miz fits, is what he calls them now, hey, in Columbus, to, Georgia. To each their own. But, you know, I, I, I think as we go along here, in putting dropping this down to three makes sense. Um, yes. That brings us to number... Go two. Ahead. Stick, number two, sticking with uh, Shawn Michaels, the Montreal <laughs> Screwjob. Yes, and... I know, Steve, in our discussions, you have your own opinions on this, which I'll, I'll let you voice, and then I'll get into why I think this is appropriately placed at number two. People power. That's right, people power. But what are, <laughs> if, if you had your 
own list, would you still have this slotted at number two? Yes. You would. I thought yes. you'd have this at number one. Um, I say yes because it made Mr. McMahon. I can see that. It, ma- it made the character of Vince McMahon because no, nobody, nobody fucked with Vince ever. And Vince, Vince, Vince broke character. Yes, which he is why character. I honestly <laughs> thought that you would actually have this at number one, just uh, because no. it was. It's it can it can be argued as one of the most unexpected, uh, well-known backstabs in wrestling history. Well, I'll say why I don't have it number one. Sure. Everybody knew they knew Brett was leaving. He was yeah, supposed but to did drop. The, he was supposed to drop the belt the next the night in the ended? USA. No, he was supposed to drop the belt the next night in the USA. But instead, Vince is like, I'm gonna. I don't know what. I don't know what he's thinking. But he did a damn good job. He made. He probably made a couple bucks off it. And he made Mr. McMahon right there, and then Brett spit in his face. No, nobody fucked with Vince then. Nobody. See, it's funny because all the things that you're saying make me feel like you want this at number one. But like I don't. The, that you could put this at number one. I have my reasons why it's at number two. I think, and all of them speak to why uh, to what we have at number one, which will just kind of tie these two in together. For those of you who haven't put the pieces together, number one is whole life goes. NWO. The and, all, Captain America goes bad. Yes. And I believe that this should be number one over the Montreal Screwjob because the Hogan goes NWO was like the unthinkable. You never would have thought that Hogan was going to go heel. He was like the untouchable. He was always going to be face. He was always going to be red and yellow. He was always going to be you know, the 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 good guy, and then WCW everybody marked out for that turns the whole thing on its head. So that's the first reason. The second reason, if you'll let me here, Steve, the second reason is when this happened. It was in 1996, Bash at the Beach '96. Yes, and I was 13 years old at the time. And you're talking about Hogan, like being the guy that I watched growing up to that point. Like, and at that point in my life, you're starting to mature. You're starting to, to change, starting to get older. You're starting to do, you know, get out of the things that you really enjoyed when you were a kid and doing other things that you find more enjoyable now. And it was almost like they took the Hogan character and turned it at the same time that this was happening with all these kids that grew up watching Hogan. And it was like the Hogan character matured and changed just as, you know, these kids were. Reinvented. Exactly. Just being reinvented right there. Or resurrected his career. Because really, I mean, he's getting kind of stale. Yeah, his red and yellow thing was not going to fly much longer in WCW. No, and they, they, uh, they needed it. Yeah. Uh, I just I just got a text real quick. I gotta say, Marco, you're a douche. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so um, that uh, that completes the list. Do you have any other f- final comments on the Hogan goes NWO thing? I know I kind of. How many people are still NWO for life? I want to know because I can't tell you how many millions said it. I said it. I, I mean, I, all right. Um, for safety's sake, all right. I was, I'm I'm wearing a black black shorts with a white shirt, so I'm still wearing black and white. So I guess I'm for <laughs> life. Uh, uh, and my, my favorite member of the NWO is Dennis Robin. 
Oh, come on. Dennis, Rodzilla. Okay, well, that's up to you. Bring us into our old school moment of the week, which I thought was pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, 14 years and two days ago, 13 years and two days ago, Vince McMahon cracked a check or cleaned out the change cup in his Bentley to Ted Turner and purchased the rival WCW World Championship Wrestling for $2.5 million. Yeah, that's got to be like pocket change for him. Dude, yeah, he, he, dude, he, he, let's see, the first people to come over was Booker T and Buff Bagwell. And then he just pretty much shut down shop and had the invasion angle. But he he killed the competition. He made his own market. He made, he made, he owns the market now because for those who don't know, once the network as the the Monday Night Wars, which I'm fucking surprised they're not there yet, um, he he killed the he killed his competition. And it kind of it's bittersweet because I wish there was some competition, but I also know that we're gonna get superior production, so quote unquote superior talent now um but having some competition there was nice but i understand why wcw died yeah i mean the writing was on the wall as things moved, as yeah as uh things moved along but you know when it happened i thought it was for the better because like you said you got guys like booker and buff and uh you know some of the other wcw talents um, eddie ray yeah, chris yeah made their way over um you know and i also thought there was i thought it was cool the way that they kind of tied it all together they had you know, the whole uh, invasion w- angle. They had the invasion. They go on WCW television. And if Shane O'Mac is the name on the contract, I thought it was pretty cool. Very, yeah. very WWE like to, to put that into an actual storyline versus just say, yeah, we bought it. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you know cool. who else? You know who else liked it? Who's Izzy that? The, Izzy the Super Pooch liked it. <laughs> she, Izzy the Super Pooch loved it. And Izzy the Super Pooch actually loves our internet rumor of the week. And we kind of, you know, sort of teased it earlier. Um, yes. Hunter, Hunter's got a little sand in his, in his vagina because <laughs> uh, Phil Brooks, CM Punk, didn't want to work with him at Mania. Now, I have a I have a question to pose to you on this. Do you if if this is you know if this is true, obviously because it's in our Internet Rumor of the Week segment. If this is true, do you feel like he didn't want to work with them because? He was trying to prove a point that you need to turn your attention elsewhere, or he just flat out didn't want to work with them. Um, I think he wanted to be in a bigger match, but I, I did. I did run across something something funny today. All right. When Punk and Rock were feuding, Punk said that he would uh, never leave the people and turn his back on the people. He said that to the Rock. He said he wouldn't be like the Rock and turn his back on the people. Hmm. Well, Here we th- are now. Well, do you think he turned his back on the people, or do you think he turned his back for the people? He stood up for what's right. Because he felt like Brian should be in main event at Mania, and felt- what's happening? No, he f- no Punk thought he should be in the main event. Well, he... Well, that's that's a, almost a given in my opinion. But do you think he he felt like he should be in the main event at Mania with Brian? That would have been absolutely one. That would have been a to me that made rest- the most sense. Two indie guys, two ROH guys headlining WrestleMania. I oh, been but, fantastic. Oh, oh my, oh my lord! But I did mention earlier that I had something that kind of tied into this rumor of the week, 
And that was watching the segment that Triple H did on Raw with Cole. I oh. really, really, really wish that this would have happened. Triple H versus Punk at Mania. Could you imagine the in-ring mic promos that those two would cut against each other? Uh, I would be man, I, re- I remember the conspiracy angle when Triple H and Punk were going back and forth, and it, it had me so good. all like it had me excited in my shorts a bit. <laughs> you had the denim moving, huh? Oh man, yeah. I, oh, one thing I, I want to touch on real quick: John Cena. What did he borrow his George from Steve Austin? They were a little short this week. <laughs> I wasn't paying that close attention to his George's. But you, I, I you do live in I Florida, could. so you probably are more up to up to speed on the jorts uh, market uh, than than I am. I I want to get some jorts. Uh, Destiny won't. Destiny, my wife. Um, so when you death, find a pair of jeans and some scissors, and you're done. Uh, because <laughs> you don't I, want cut off jorts. Uh, no, I want the legit ones, and I, okay. you know, I pay a little too much for my jeans as it is. Okay. But anywho, um, the the promos with uh, Punk and Triple H would have been absolute golden. Yes. So that brings us to fan question, fan questions, plural this week. Um, plural. Plural. Um, would you like to 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 throw those out on the table? Because I believe you know the individual who came up with these. <laughs> The individual who came up with these these questions actually pulled a uh, the executive <laughs> card, being being that um, she's my wife and um, kind of the queen of the castle. Um, she wants to know exactly what the Rock is cooking, and part two of it, she wants to know what the Crock is baking. And if it's true, when Ms. Ark Henry doesn't smell like shit. Okay. So if you're asking me, I know the answer to the second part of the question, which is what is the crock baking? And that's got to be some kind of pie or strudel because you know how notorious the rock was for talking about that. So it only makes sense that he'd be, he'd be baking those types of things. Um, as far as what he's cooking, uh, mm-hmm. I don't really know, but I hope he made enough for everyone. I, I hope it's. Uh, I hope it's chicken glu- wings. I was gonna hope it's gluten free organic lasagna. Oh come on! You know you wish it was a whole mess of nachos. I can't. I it's gotta be gluten free chips. No make, cheese. Fine, then make a gluten free nacho with some ground buffalo, and oh, you got a whole oh. mess of nachos. I just I know I just gave you a dinner idea. Anyway. A whole mess of nachos, gluten-free <laughs> with ground buffalo. There Man, I, I could get down to that. Yeah, so that... Uh, th- that does not smell like shit. That does, uh, well, I don't know. I haven't had ground buffalo, but I'll take your word for it, I guess. It, it's delicious. That brings us to uh, the question of the week. Mm-hmm. And I feel a lot of pressure here, Steve. I'm going to be honest with you. I feel a lot of pressure because mm-hmm. I'm filling in for a week. You know, as you mentioned, was while Brian's uh, out uh, with his wife having his first child. Um, Uh, You know, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to try to guess the name. Are you now? I'm going to guess Ragaslav Dimitriasi. Oh, well, I will put you down for that. You going to put any potato chips on that? Put any scratch down? Uh, I got got, got, got a quarter on it. Okay, put a quarter on it. Um, 
I thought about making the question, what do you think it's going to be, a boy or a girl, because they're waiting to find out. But you know what? We're going to save that as a mystery. We'll let Brian announce that next week. My question of the week. Okay, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. My question of the week is why in the hell are there so many kendo sticks under the ring? Like, what the hell are they there for other than hardcore matches? And do you think that they're there, like, all the time? Like, even if you don't, like, see them? (laughs) I know why they're filling in for the foreign object. (laughs) Well, could the kendo... (laughs) Is the kendo stick made in America? Oh, man. Or is it classified as a foreign object like th- this question has so many dimensions it does it's unbelievable you know, my first thing it says they're waiting for the sandman to get out of jail and beat the shit out of somebody um you know that give doesn't a explain pack why they need 1500 of them it's like the um, ring is supported by kendo sticks it's like balsa wood that that is that is true that really really hurts so I was just curious because it, it, it doesn't make sense. And it's funny because I was talking about this with Brian a couple weeks ago. And mm-hmm. it, it makes no sense to me why there's so many kendo sticks under the ring. Like, they don't use them to set up the ring, I wouldn't think. Am I uh, that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I mean, oh, but man, yeah. Dude, you, mo- you motherfuckers have trumped my original question of the week. You guys are, are going to get it. Very, very <laughs> hey, gonna- you know, you set the bar high. We had to go, you know, we had to dig down deep to try to find this. I, I know, try, me and my... come up infin- with a doozy. Me and my infinite wisdom. Um, yeah, you I started hit, it, bro. I did, I did, with uh, what would Brian do if Hulkamania ran wild on him, and then he said, where's the foreign object from, and you want to know why there's so many kendo sticks. I I'm going to say, really I'm going to say, A, they don't do hardcore ma- matches anymore, but B, in case there's a Steve Blackman and a Sandman sighting, they're prepared. Do you think that they That's take that. them with them when they leave the arena, or do you just think it's, they just leave them there? Like maybe they bought them in bulk at like Costco, and now they're just now because they're TV TVPG, they don't use them as much, so they just leave them in the, in the get, arenas to try to get rid of them. Give them out to the fans as like a parting gift. Like here you go, Jimmy, beat your sister. <laughs> no, we don't that, condone that. Of, don't of condone course that. not. But we're talking about a show that shows athletic violence. That's true, um, and you know. WWE is the one who's giving them away, so... Boom. So, that was my question of the week. That was a, that was a doozy. Well, I'm glad um, you liked it. I'm glad I could could fill the shoes. You you did a wonderful job. Now, wrapping this up, I just want to remind our very valued dozens... And dozens! ...of listeners that next week we'll have two shows. Brian will be back. He will spoil... Um, whether he'll tell us whether he's having a boy or a girl, and if he went with the name Ragaslav Dimitriasi. <laughs> also, I will go uh, off-site to lovely Clearwater, Florida, and sit down. Nice area. Ch- ni- ni- nice area, yeah, very nice area. I actually got married in Clearwater. I will sit down and chit-chat with good old Brudeye himself. And then the, the show after WrestleMania, April 8th, we will have um, at Eddie Michaels Jr., Matthew Beaver of WrestleZone.com on to do a two-part show about Mania and Raw. But for now, that is going to wrap up this week's episode of the BS Wrestling Report. Brian, even though he's not here, I, I could speak for him. I'm older. I'm allowed to. Brian and I would like to thank you for listening. We also want to thank 
the executive vice president of podcast relations, Andy, at A-S-H-A-D, A-S-C-H-A-A-D on Twitter, um, you know, for filling in and listening. And people just power. Remind, people power is right. And I just want to remind you that you can follow Brian on Twitter, at Brian Rampa and myself at darn buffalo 55 and you better follow the show at bsw report because we do read your fan questions we do we do integrate them hence the hairline and the miz we talked about and that's gonna do it for us this week on the bs wrestling report we'll see you right here next week cut it one more for the good guys